Greetings. My name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree. With me, your host, James Major Burns. Welcome back to another episode, and today I have with me a very special guest. But before I introduce her, let me remind you that this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things going on in our lives and our world. This is a chance to share what's behind the mind of the creative, because what you see and what you think ain't always the truth. Here, you get to share, laugh, live, love, and sometimes debate. So ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to give to you a very good good girlfriend of mine today. And I was just telling somebody, you know what, my career coaches of when we met, I said, I actually met her at my first audition for my first show, my first theater show ever, Miss Jacinda Madison. Hey y'all, what's up? The crowd's going wild. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're All too right, kind. Settle down. Too kind, too kind. Settle down. Oh, down. Great. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Yes, yes, yes. Mama on the couch is in the house. <laughs> Mama's in the chair today. <laughs> yes, she is. Hey, how are Hi, you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to have you here. But you know what? It was a pleasant memory remembering that because I don't just think about how we met all the time. And when I was like, I was like, you know what? Yeah, it was my first audition. Ain't that something? Walked into the room and then I told them how y'all thought I was a professional dancer. I did. (laughs) I did for real. I was like, he got to be professional. Look how he walk. Like his walk, his posture, everything. He has to be a professional dancer. I think it's because like my where my shorts were placed on my waist and where my the length of my shorts hit. <laughs> it, it might was, have been that too. It was a, a well above the knee. But I and don't you like, can dance. He was good. Oh yeah. I, but I just you know like hairspray was like a groove show. I was like oh I groove I groove down. So I was like eh, eh, and I didn't want to yes. embarrass myself. I thought all oh, y'all have been doing this. I was like oh all of these people know what's going on here. They do this. They does this. So let me come in here. I was hitting every move like. Ha. I was boom cat, okay? I was like, all right, all that practice I did when I did the one-two step dance for uh, making a band is about to come in right now. Because let me tell you, I got that choreography down. That's the only thing I didn't have. I was like, "Mm, mm mm-mm, not the dancing. I I was low-key trying to make the band too myself at home, but... You know, it didn't didn't come out like that. But, you know, that's because the Lord was saving me for Trey Major always. (laughs) Okay. Before I was major. But, um, yes, thank you so much for um, being a guest. And that was a lovely memory to share. And we'll share about you and then speak with you later on in the day. Okay. But I wanted to bring you on as a guest today because I want to get all of the voices I know out and heard for the people in our city, you know, that's really the reason I started my podcast was to give the artists in the city an opportunity to share themselves with their, you know, neighbors, with their city, with their peers, and give us an opportunity to kind of learn each other, understand, or hate, or be shady. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just give you an opportunity to hear what you, what you see. Because somebody can have their opinion of you, but just getting to know you a little bit more changes that. But, you know, it's why I like when a celebrity or like an artist I like has a television show 
because I feel more connected to them. I felt I feel connected to Danity Kane because I watched Danity Kane become Danity Kane. Right. For like two years before they even made an album, I was they they was just singing hits. They were singing mm-hmm. do wop pop pops, and I was in love <laughs> with them already. Right. Before they even became the group, so I felt like I knew them. So then when I got when they became Danity Kane and they dropped the first album, I'm like, oh, this these my girls. Like, oh, yeah. you know, they knew I was gonna like this because they know me. Yep. That's how it felt. So I kind of want to give that same essence with the show, just to get to know an artist in your city. You're like, you know what? I see them a lot, or uh, I see that they perform. Uh, whether you like it or not, let me check out this, you know, this interview that they did, just to get a little bit of insight, because you never know what is going to connect us. And as much as things disconnect us, we are connected. Right. So I just want to be a link in making those things happen. Well, thank you. And especially during these times. Absolutely. Especially during these times where people want to be heard. In a lot of ways, we get heard now as text, through text, through post. And if you can read a post, I think you should try and listen. Because you you can't listen to a post. Right. So I will, if, you know, if somebody makes a video, it's a little bit better. But just to hear a person out is what I'm here to do for everybody. So I wanted to bring you on and one, see how, you know, these things are making you feel. Cause you know, you come from the legendary family of Oliver's and your <laughs> father, okay, is uh, is black all day and all night. Right. And you are, mm-hmm. are the princess of the NAACP. <laughs> so, so she's the, she's the reigning princess. So I wanted to know how, you know, everything was making you feel having a child in the military also well everything is making me feel quite sad um i'm not surprised by any of it because it's like it's like racism you know it's there and you don't always necessarily see it but you know it's there and you don't always experience it but when you do it's like whoa wait a minute it's like, it's not a surprise, but it's like a shock factor almost. It's like bad breath. It's like, what was you chewing on? Donkey doodle? Right. <laughs> like, I know it's there, but when I get hit with it, it's like, oh, wait, let's hold, take a pause. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's rough to watch. It's really rough, rough to watch. And it hurts to know the things that are happening. And it makes me angry. Like, I, it just it makes me angry that there are still people who don't not that that don't like us because don't nobody like you that's that's whatever I don't like a lot of people but that don't respect you and don't want to see you live they don't want us to exist I'm like yeah I'm like this one not want somebody to see you like somebody doesn't want to see you live like just be alive you like you ain't gotta be around them but just to see you not alive based off zero characteristics right. of you I'm as like, a person that that is crazy i'm like there's nobody on earth that i feel that way about because i'm like i just like i said i don't have to be around you even if i just gotta stay in my house like that's horrible and people have probably said horrible things to me or done some shady things to me not to name a few but um <laughs> i still don't want to see them like, <laughs> like brutally killed, killed or, right. or just be like oh they got what they deserve or one less problem for me, you know, like... Yeah, like, that's absolutely horrible. In fact, I, I wish that... Or hope that 
some of them find change to become better people in whatever the circumstances may be. It's like I was talking about prison earlier. The one sad thing about prison is I definitely feel like people deserve to go to jail, but there's no rehabilitation to try. It's like as soon as you send them to jail, it's just like that's it. We give up. Right. You're just there and you get out and now you got this record. Right. What did you learn? It's like all the learning that I've ever heard anybody say they got they learned in prison, they did on their own. Like it wasn't because somebody was coming and teaching them or rehabilitating them necessarily. It's like they just served the time and this like now what did you learn from serving this time? Right. Like detention in school. What did you do? And you sat right. in detention. They they wanted you to just sit there because they knew you'd rather be outside. But so what's the lesson? Right. What does detention turn into? Several people in detention now causing a ruckus or creating a friendships and yeah. the person in charge is like, whatever, I'm only here to get paid for an hour. Yeah. And this is my detention buddy now here. We serve detention together. We sit next to each other in detention. Like what? And and I don't know what happens in exactly happens in prisons in this country or other countries, but I just don't know or with the 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 thing overall with the prison systems and like even when them becoming felonies I mean felonies are felons and my mom's a felon it's like <laughs> them becoming felons Shout out. and right coming out back into society knowing that the amount of black people who and their chances of going to prison and then becoming felons and then coming back out and now they don't even have a right to vote right like no seeing all of the webs like getting older and you're like whoa Whoa! Like it's all connected. Can't even cut the strings. Yep, it's all there to catch you up. We we work <laughs> for the strings. Yep. It it's. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, I can't. I just can't. I don't. I don't even know how to feel. There was myself and maybe two other black guys when I did Shrek, and I think one little black girl. But we were talking one day, we, me and the, one of my other friends from the show, and I was like. I'm like, you know, we just live in different worlds. And this little white guy, he was like, well, everyone has their own different walks of life. I was like, we live on Earth together. That's the same dirt ball. Yeah, we live on (laughs) Earth together. But me and you live in two different worlds. We don't see each other. Right. <laughs> like, you don't get it. And he's like, well, I was like, well, nothing. We live in, I said, get your boy and let him know. <laughs> I, don't, I ain't explaining this to this young white male who's liberated in his finding of himself and being free right now. And I'm like, you, I mean, you don't understand. And it's just like when people make jokes about the situation right now. And they're like, I'm not racist. I'm not prejudiced. It's like, that's what you sound like. That's what you look like. <laughs> right. It look like a duck. <laughs> Quack like a duck. All my life, I've been taught it was a duck. Right. Tell me it's a horse. And when moments happen like this, it makes you think about people that you do know or whether it's your white friends or the other way around and the things that now as a white person you're like well I wonder if I've said anything or the things I do like the people who are acknowledging um, their privilege or really feeling remorseful for us mm-hmm. now they have to think about or and probably feeling guilty of things that they know they've said and now the black friends are like you know what I don't let a lot of shit slide and that's what, you know, Jocelyn helped me understand where, like, those microaggressions 
So now we're just, she, she call them, calls them little cuts. Mm-hmm. So now you're just sitting around with all of these little cuts, but we don't got no more room for little cuts. We're just an open wound. Right. Our, we're just completely, totally covered in wounds. Yeah. But it's we've always been covered in wounds. Right, and no one has seen them or paid attention to them until now. And time has passed. I mean, we're not chained by our feet and picking cotton. But the world isn't <laughs> like that anymore. It, it it progressed and changed their diff, it's, it's a different way to do those things now. People understand their resistance and know white supremacists don't want to hold out race war either. Hell, some of them going to die. Right. They're going to lose a lot of their stuff. They might We might burn America down. That's not good for them either. So they, you know, do a little shortcuts. They make some things all right. Here's what I feel like is happening. So you, like you just said, we're not out there picking cotton anymore. All that, that they have other ways to do that now. They have machines that can do that. Kind of like if you go to Walmart now, there's a lot of self-checkout. They don't need the cashiers anymore. What do they do? Fire them. So now it's like, we have machines to pick cotton. We don't need as many black people as we used to. So what do we do? Kill them. And it's, it's, it's really, really just maddening to see that. It's like, you don't see that we're people too. If they showed you a black person skeleton next to a white person skeleton. How are you going to tell which one is the white one and which one is the black one? You probably can't. And it's like we have the same thing underneath our skin, but yet you don't like the skin that we're in. That's like me saying, I don't want to like you. I want to kill you because of the outfit you're wearing. But you can pick your outfit. We can't pick our skin. We can't like, but even if, I, even if I could, I wouldn't want to, because I like my skin. Like my skin is beautiful. Your skin is beautiful. And it's like, but because you don't like it, or you can't do the same things it can do, or you can't look like it looks, you want to kill it. But with all the hate, they love us. They love us. They That's love they them. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to let y'all know. I'm going to warn y'all. They love them some niggas. They love them some niggas no matter what. Because even during slavery, and I said this after, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've always thought about that. But they, the slaves raised their children. They put enough trust mm-hmm. in the, your slave, your idiot, stupid slave who doesn't understand. Or, you know, they, oh, you're the one that gets it. No, they know everybody else get it, but they made them feel that way. Right. They let the slaves raise their children, breastfeed their children when they were having, you know, mm-hmm. kids at the same time. Yep. Run their, their business. They trust one. They become family until, they, you know, you got to put the power back into place. Which I never understood that. Like, if you have one drop of black blood in you, that makes you black. But what about the drops of black milk that's in your kids that make them black? Mm. Right. Like, just come on, drops of black that. milk. <laughs> come on, drops of black milk. <laughs> like, but, I just think that kind of stuff. So. But no, <laughs> that's that's. But seriously, I, I'm I'm like trying to understand that process of thought for them to, in the highest moment of slavery, have. Slaves raising their children, yep. like like 
until they're like adults. Right. And then like those people, those kids that were raised still growing up and, you know, they, they have one slave raising them, but the rest of them, they of course they probably thought this one was the, what word am I looking for? was the exception mm-hmm. versus the other hundreds on the field. Right. And it's almost like that's still how we're looked at. Yeah. Like just, you just want an exception, you know, being a polite, welcoming, nice person as myself, you know, it can cause people to think you're inviting them to be the um, exception. And then they'll say things or ask you questions or just do things because they're like, oh, right. James is cool. You know, right. He's not like everyone else. He's not like the right. You never do that. I, guess I don't the think same. you looped. <laughs> I get the same. Oh, somebody asked me um, shortly after the riot started happening. Are you going to loot Target? I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, bitch. <laughs> okay, let me go ahead. I'm going to walk away. I have to walk away. I haven't said anything to that person since then. I will only speak to them if it's necessary for whatever the reason. But I'm like, I don't have anything to say to you and I still don't hate you. Like, right. I, I just, and I still don't hate you. I hate some of, I hate some of those people. I don't know who to hate. You know, I don't know who to hate when I, I can't just hate all white people. It's right. just not in me to do. Not me either. Like, I don't hate any of them. I don't hate any of them. Some black people are like, There's screw them all. I'm like, literally one white person on earth that I hate. And it's Arizona Robbins. <laughs> Everybody knows this. And she's who not even that? real. From Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I don't know who that <laughs> like, person is. That's the only person on earth that I hate. Arizona and she's Robbins. not even real. So I don't hate anybody for the things that they've done, for the, the words that they've said, for actions that they're doing right now. It's, I don't hate anybody. I love everybody with the love of God. With the love of God. But that don't mean I like them. And you ain't got to. I, like, I don't, I can love you from a distance. I can pray for you. I can hope the best for you. Hope that you get turned around from this life of hate that you're living. Because you're the one that got some issues. You got some hate built up in you that you can walk around here trying to kill people. And right. wishing people dead even. So, I'm like, I'm going to pray for you because... You know... Half of my stupid, crazy mind is like, you know, some black people are like, that's why we need to just stay in our community. I'm like, no, keep having kids with them so we can get rid of that race that and not all white people. But I'm like, no, it's a, it's something that they're sending down through the generations. And it's only to them who, you know, like the, their true 100 percent blood uh, offspring. And I'm like, well. If their offspring is biracial, can they do it? Isn't that is that what the whole world is going to eventually be one day? Right, it's just a lot of races in one person, and it's like, how are you gonna stop that? <laughs> how are you gonna stop it? Listen, because that's one thing that's within our bodies from nature. Okay, right. When they go and gets to getting it, they gonna get it. <laughs> and uh, like I said, even all the way back when. When right. they were thinking slaves, the slave masters were thinking, oh, this is the bottom. Oh, you're an animal. So you have sex with animals. Right. Right. And buying them for your kids. So that's what you do. And with saying all that, it doesn't make sense. And it's just 
What do you think? What are you telling your white friends? Um, which white friends? The ones that are asking or the ones that aren't asking? Because there are some who are not asking. The ones who are asking. The ones who are asking. I am telling them that to, well, the, the ones that are asking haven't, they've only asked in what can I do to help? And, and I'll say the, what you can do to help is to recognize that black people are just that they're people and they are the same as you. They are the only difference probably depending on your ancestry is that they were probably brought here by force as in stolen from where they originally were at living in royal lives. They were stolen and brought here. And now that we're here and so far gone that we don't even recognize that lifestyle there because we've been Americanized now. It's like, okay, now that we're here, we're here, but we're, and we've always been people there. We were people here. We're people too. So recognize that, respect that. Don't try and turn something like black lives matter into anything other than what it's saying, because that's all that's saying is black lives matter. We're telling you, we're not asking you, do they matter? We're telling you black lives matter. Have the same energy like you did for me too. Right. So it's like, you know that your lives aren't the only ones that matter. You know that. And generally they're like, yes, we know all lives matter is, is a given. Right. But black lives mattering is not. All lives matter consists of black lives. Yes. And all lives black is all. Black is part of all. So yes, black lives do matter. And that's what we're focusing on now because no one else is focusing on that. They are acting as though black lives don't matter. And just don't be shy in your support. Because when you show support, you get back, you have backup. When you show support, you'll have the backup of the black community, of black people, of me. Because I'm your friend They're and because be, I know you're trying to make a difference. White people are in, out here in the, they in these streets. Yes. They're going to actually be doing a lot of things that we don't even like have like the means to do. Right. Like we we need accomplices. Mm-hmm. Not just allies. We need accomplices accomplices to get us in the <clears throat> room where it happens. <laughs> but seriously, we we need people just like they needed us when they needed to take their step to get in the door or get to the table. You know? Right. It's always been a history of people of all kinds helping each other to get to a more compromising place for everyone. And that's the thing with compromise is you might not get everything you want, but you still won't be happy with some of the things you got that you wanted because you didn't get these other things. But with the compromise, they they don't want to compromise. There's no compromise. It's not. Right. So it's like, how do we compromise with that? Because I, it's crazy because I've seen people online saying things like, well, they're just they're gonna take all of our jobs, and they're gonna take this, take that, take whatever. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how do we take something? If it's your job, we're not taking it. <laughs> but if it's our job, 
we'll take it. We'll have it. Right. So we're not taking <laughs> something that's yours. Your job is your job. If you do your job well, you'll keep your job. So we're not taking anything from you. What we're doing is trying to work ourselves into a system that you've developed to benefit only you. Right. Because somebody's and, more qualified than you that doesn't look like you to have that job, but you right. got it just because. Just because. Or because you knew somebody. And you know you're not that qualified, and now you're scared because you only right. have to deal with just getting your job through white people or just white men, depending on what the job is. And now you're like, dang, they going to open it up to everybody? <laughs> oh. Oh, right. how does it feel? And when, uh, it's so much. It's so much. It really is. And it felt, you know what? Um, I had a conversation last week with my nephew. Felt really, really like it, the question kind of startled me because he asked me, what is slavery? And I'm like, they don't teach you this in school anymore? He was like, no. And I'm just like, okay. So they're cutting this out as though it never existed because kids are going to grow up not thinking that it existed if they're not taught by somebody in their family or something. Like, what do you mean? What is slavery? Like, okay. Like, I'll tell you to the best of my capabilities what slavery is or what I know it to be. Um, I've never experienced it, but not in the conventional sense that everybody else knows what slavery is. The very physical sense. Right. Physical. And I'm like, they went, white people went to Africa and they literally took black people from Africa. They brought them over in ships, not ships, not fancy ships like you see now, like cruises or yachts or that kind of stuff. Nothing fancy whatsoever. It was like wood slapped together and metal slapped together. They placed them in the basement of the ship because I'm like, I'm going to give you these terms so that you know where I'm talking about. It's literally called the belly of the ship, but the basement of the ship and they laid them side by side. They were as close as you and I are right now because he was right on my side. And they laid there. They used the bathroom there. They laid there and used the bathroom. They, some got sick. Some died. And they would like get sick right there on each other or would die right next to each other and be there for days and days and days. And they were chained and they could barely move. And... It was just the most horrible situation you could possibly think of, which I'm sure your mind probably can't even generate the thought to, to understand what the conditions were like. And then once they got here, they were sold by these white people, white men generally, because women, I don't know if women were part of that or not, in the catching process, and they sold them in America to different white people to work their land, to work in their houses, and to do whatever it was they needed to do, they needed them to do, and when they did not do them, they beat them. Beat them to they were bloody or killed them. So it slavery was not a good thing at all. Not a good thing. So in in telling him that, I'm like, I feel like right now I have this huge opportunity to educate him, but my mind right now is so startled by the question that I don't have all of the information to give him that I think he should have. 
So it's like because it's been a long time since. Well, I've never heard anyone ask me. No one's asked me what is slavery. Yeah, uh, and it, I guess it was black, especially. Yeah, and I'm like, and that was just like, what do you like? What is slavery? Like I knew the question, but it, it was hard to like, What do you actually mean? Like what is slavery? Like okay, so it but it's not being taught. It's not being told. It's not being shared. It's not being passed on in their educations anymore. So it's just like they're stuck on the Christopher Columbus came and found America and now here we are. And it's everybody here. And it's great. Which are all lies. <laughs> the only thing that's truth is everybody's here. Right. And speaking Whoa. of that, it's it's the power is lies say black people can be racist. We can be prejudiced as hell. Yeah. Rightfully so. <laughs> but uh racism it gives you power as a race and we don't possess the power to even have our own schools to teach our own children about our own history that they are erasing. Right. Or even have a class. And maybe they have the classes once you get to high school in certain schools. But elementary, when they're actually forming their thoughts and what they're learning the most, they don't have it anymore. And that's why representation does matter so much because in our world, people pay a lot more attention to the screens, the TV screen, your phone screen, your computer screen. So when you see yourself represented as the latter, the bottom, you imitate that. They're right. like, oh, young black kids want to see, want to be football athletes because they imitate the only elevated or wealthy black humans that they've seen growing up. Right. And now you're like, that's all y'all want to do. Well, that's what y'all... That that is not by accident, right? And something that's not as difficult to attain, because they put all kinds of traps and barriers out there for somebody to go and educate themselves. It's like you know that most black people don't just have all this money laying around to go to college. You know that, like so, you create this. Okay, you can get into college, but. You gotta do this you gotta pass this you gotta pay this and it's like okay you know that thing that they do uh, the thing they do for us um the athletes for sports yeah a lot of people say that look the, that combine is like purchasing slaves you out there they running right they, they gotta see, see how strong they are see, yep. how high they can jump how much weight they can carry how big they are the biggest biggest broadest ones yep. and i'm not trying to downplay the athletes who play sports right but even like I, even I say for me and Trey I'm like dang we essentially are purchasing children as mm-hmm. gay guys who can't have their own kids if we want to do surrogacy like the amount of money we have to spend right. just to have a kid or, or adopt a kid I'm mm-hmm. like it's like a weird feeling because I'm like I gotta uh, sometimes I say that, I'm like well you know me and Trey saving us to buy some kids and they were like what I'm like okay <laughs> right. that's right so it's like that's how it feels but they would feel better if you use different terminology why right so I'm like this is the way you've set it up right and again (laughs) there's so much to talk about but I want to know how you feel one the coronavirus happened this year yes let me just start and I don't want people to shape me but (laughs) when Kobe Bryant died at the beginning of the year it really touched the world Mm-hmm. It was like a a sadness amongst people throughout the world. Right. And that's what people mean to each other. 
people mean so much to each other. Oh, you know how many racist white people like Kobe probably? <laughs> yeah. They probably love him, but they're like, yeah, hey, he's one of the good ones. That he showed. Out there running up and down the court. He was black, but he, was, he sure was athletic. I tell you that Kobe Bryant, you know? But that's what we do as people. We touch the masses around the whole world. They celebrated him. Coronavirus hit. That's another thing that hit the whole world. Shut down the world. You know, you got right. your son out trying to go be great. Trying to be great for America. This black man trying to be great for a country where he is second, third, fourth class. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I ain't fighting no war. <laughs> I've always felt like that. I said, oh, I said, I ain't fighting no war. I ain't fighting no war. They don't fight for me. But now with the uprisings of people and these emotions and the riots, which is nothing new, mm-hmm. but this is it's a different feeling this time. It is. And how do you feel having your child across the country? Um, initially terrified, but that's my natural feeling. That's my human feeling. Terrified, sad that I can't get to him because of Corona, because I can't we can't go on base. He can't come off base. Um, but I am, as always, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. I've been trusting God this whole time. I'm not about to stop now. And period <laughs> at all. And I feel like he's still where he's supposed to be in the timing that he's supposed to be there because he's actually there longer than he was supposed to be there because he broke his ankle. But we're not going to get into that. (laughs) That adds to the timing of it all, though, because it's like, okay, when he first went, we were saying, why are you going to to the army with Trump in office? Like, wait till he's done and then go and do whatever. But... It's like, okay, his time is running out. Like, nothing's going to happen. This is what we were, like, everything was the old normal when he first went. So, like, okay, like, he'll be, it'll be good. Like, he can go and get trained and, like, he'll better himself, which he has. He's bettered himself a lot since he's been there. Better ourselves. (laughs) And And now, I think with his ankle breaking, it kept him from having to go out and fight this war that's happening now kept him from having to go out and fight against something that he believes in too because he actually is like he's upset that he can't be out and and supporting the Black Lives Matter in the manner that everyone else is so but but it's kept him from fighting this war on the wrong side. You know what? I haven't even thought about all of the black people in the military who feel that way. And the military is just as racist as anywhere else. Girl. They, so. They're the power. They're the so, weapon. Right. right. They're, they're America's weapon. Right. Of guess. Right. So. I haven't even thought about that. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I want to now be aware of that. And get other people to think about that. You know, those are still like even when they see the police officers of, who are black in the streets, it's like, 
It's like, we know everybody want to cancel everybody. I'm like, we're not canceling our own no more. We're going to just have, we're going to have some consequences, right. but we can't cancel. We need it. Right. They're going to see. They're going to see the light. We're going to start whooping ass again. <laughs> I said, like, my daddy whooped my ass growing up and I needed some of them. I'm like, every time I see, like when I saw George Floyd, I saw, I'm like, I can see that being a cop with his knee on my husband's neck. I can see that being a cop with his knee on my son's neck, on my nephew's neck. Like, I just, I can see that. And I'm like, that they may not have done the things that George Floyd has done in his lifetime, but it could still be them. They've, they've both gotten pulled over before. You know why? They don't have to do anything but be black. Right. Anything at all. They've both gotten pulled over by police before. He, my husband's gotten a ticket before. Um, my son has not gotten a ticket, but he got pulled over. He was by himself when he got pulled over and he called me when he did. And I was so glad that he called me because I'm like, okay, like I'm about to stay on the phone with you until this is done because this could go left for no reason at all other than because you're black. So I'm just going to stay on the phone with you. And it's like that is the scariest thing to think that that could be either of them under a knee behind a bullet or in front of a bullet rather whatever whichever direction you want to say them catching the bullet that's it so it's like that's that's a terrifying thing for no other reason than their skin color just just be you just want to be right and, and you can't like, no one on like none of us here asked to be here asked to be here no one asked to be on earth no one asked to be whatever color they are but because we are filled with all this glorious melanin, we are the hunted. And on that note, that's it, period. That's it. Show's <laughs> over. It's, you know what? I just, I was talking to my best friend today and I was like, we call the police when there's danger. But when the police are danger, who do we call? The Lord. Well, I'm gonna need him to start smiting some. That's who I call. I need him to start with smiting the. His plan is perfect. He I am it. like. I definitely understand where you're coming from, but I'm like, when they are, who do we call on the police? Nobody on this earth. That's something we need to right. No one talk on about earth. because they're just people. They are not the Avengers. They are not Superman. Kryptonite right. is not their only weakness. No. Y'all hear that? It's like, let me stop. I ain't trying to cause no <laughs> Um Snoop Dogg said these police need to start policing their own neighborhoods because when you shoot somebody's son and you run into them at the grocery store, pe- the other police officers will think twice about killing people they know. They don't have any relationship mm-hmm. with your community. That's why I'm talking about the rehabilitation in jail. There is no moral. I hate the America. We have morals. We don't have morals. We're not faking. I'm not faking the funk. It's like all these people want to um, rise up. Yeah. If you prejudice it, stand proud by it. But guess what? You're about to lose your life. And I ain't talking about physically. I'm talking about the material things. Because nobody's mm-hmm. going to support you. Just like Amy in Central Park. Seneca <laughs> Village. But Amy wanted to ruin a black man's life. And she was threatened. And she used his race against him. She said, there's an African-American male. Bam. That's it right there. That's, that's all she needed. That's what she made sure she needed to say. 
Like, oh, it's an African American way. Mel, oh, we're on the way. We got choppers in the air. What is that? What I you remember, wanted to hear, Amy? I remember that happening when I was little in my neighborhood. We thought if something was happening, we would say, "There's a," um, or they would have a female call, like, "Yes, I'm a white female." Like, okay, what does the suspect look like? He's an African American male. Cops would be right there. Now, if we said who we really were, it didn't happen like that at all. They tested it in my neighborhood several times. Like, that's crazy. Well, listen, I need to get to my next guest. But you, <laughs> you gave me all everything I needed. Definitely enlighten me. And like I said, especially thinking about the military and all of the, you know, our people who are fighting for a country who essentially doesn't give a damn about them and will kill them. Also, who will let them go or just think of them as second class people or not people at all. Um, my heart goes out to them and I hope that they can stay sane I hope so too I pray, I pray for people's day. sanity yes I know people want other things in life I said I'm gonna go ahead and pray for your sanity because in this world you could go crazy so you just wake up and be like oh shit I'm black like it ain't like they take them in there to teach them they don't train them to kill how to black a black man they teach them how to kill anybody so that can be them too <laughs> I keep nodding like I think they can hear see me on here. Oh yeah, that's what I, was <laughs> I keep nodding my head like, uh huh. I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, yep. Miss Madison, I would love, I would like to thank you for being a guest on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. Is there anything else you want to say to the people? Um, just, just don't lose your faith in God. I know everybody doesn't believe in God, but. I believe in God most definitely and I definitely am not wavering my faith off of any events that are happening on earth because that's the only thing I have that is completely mine and no one can take it away from me so and and educate as much as you can educate if there is somebody white that comes up to you and wants to know educate them if they want to know educate like because they there are some of them who really want to help and want to know what to do and they they're genuine with it and it's it's knowing the difference in those people and those who just want to be in the know because they want to be the next black superstar or the next black whatever as a white person so right just know the difference like <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get on that on another day but thank you so much and you have a good night thank you you well right, bye bye it is old Kuteronomy. What's up? What's up? <laughs> Ladies oh and God. gentlemen, we have Anthony Coot Madison in the house. Now listen, cats, don't um I did not I do not own the rights to that song, but you did not have the right to make that horrible movie. At all. So there you go. Have Period. that. Have that. Now, now, how about that, Evelyn um, Braxton? <laughs> So I would like to thank you. It's been a long time coming. Coop been telling me he needed to have me. I needed to have him on the show for a while. And that is true. You, y'all know DJ from <laughs> Hairspray, right? <laughs> Listen, DJ was, he was on. He was like, I was like, did you want to say anything else? He's like, yeah, I can't believe like I wasn't on the first season. Like not even the season one finale. Like really, James? <laughs> it was so funny. He's not me. So he right. can't have that. That was all me. But you know. I guess best things come for me because right. it's probably going to be your Listen, highest rated we, show. We had to wait. We elevated. We got new equipment. You know, we doing phone calls around the world. We're international. Well, well we're going to be international. 
Like Big we're international family. now. We have international listeners, but I want an international guest. So people out there, uh, hit me up. I want to. I really want to know how this is affecting people. Which I had to ask Jacinda which proper effect I needed to use because she's my grammar mammer. But um, <laughs> uh, I want to know and hear our people around the world how it's affecting them, their neighborhoods, their lives. And I, again, I want to get those voices out there so we can hear each other, so we can listen to each other. And while I'm remembering, let me shout out Kick Drum Entertainment because he let me use my mixer to do my phone call interview. So shout out Kick Drum Entertainment, Gary Reynolds in Youngstown, Ohio. If you want to hire him for sound, lighting, all of the above, he kind of does everything. DJ Kick Drum Entertainment. You can look that up on all of the above social media. Gary A. Reynolds. Yes, shout out to him. Shout out, shout out. That's what's up. Good luck. Yes. So, Mr. Coot, as your children call you, <laughs> do your kids call you Mr. Coot at um, work? No, they call me Mr. Madison. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Coot. I can hear it. <laughs> That's literally only the kids that I've worked with in the community. Uh-huh. They call me Mr. Coot, but everybody at the school calls me Mr. Madison. Mr. Madison. Mm-hmm. I asked this girl I work with, I'm like, can you start calling me Mr. James? Because she like calls the managers Mr. I'm like, well, I'm older than him. Can you call me Mr.? I feel like I'm moving in that part of my life. It would be nice to hear. Don't do it. Stay young forever. Mr. Trust James. Me. Hey, little man. How you doing today? <laughs> That's what I feel like I'm going to be. But, um, Coot, we were briefly having a conversation earlier. So within a community are mass communities. Within a group are mass groups. So many different ways to categorize yourself or feel connected to or related to people for whatever reason. But with the situation going on and who's targeted. So we all are targeted as black men. Yes. But there are different shades that we possess that make people feel like they may be in more danger because you know because nature because you know you can't eat the red flower because that's poisonous you know that i'm like is that how is that your logic behind it because in nature like you don't eat the fungus that's white i'm like don't be eating none of that but you have darker skin so you're more of a threat exactly for being born just and i didn't choose this skin color i didn't go you know what god make me as dark as you possibly can before i get there i want to be the darkest one in the room <laughs> that's just how it happened all right now i need to make sure you're speaking right into the mic oh okay you can move it a little bit. let's 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 make this happen <laughs> so y'all can hear yeah we need, we need about the people. That. yeah i just like i said i didn't choose to be as dark as i am this is how i was born and i like i like my skin personally think it's kind of dope hey (laughs) (laughs) that's just me wouldn't change it if i could but it it does it does not suck but it's unfortunate that immediately when you see me the first thing you see is how dark my skin is and for some reason that's a threat to you but everybody know unless you do something to in no particular order family friends loved one something I care about someone I care about then only then will you catch the rav that is cool other than that I love everybody I try <laughs> to I try to be the dad I kind of I kind of am like the group dad you're the uncle dad yeah I'm like the uncle dad uncle whatever you want I'm that guy and I try to be 
as loving to everybody that knows me, but it's unfortunate that some people, be, even though they don't know me, they look at me and go, he's too dark. I don't want to get to know him. That's because it's, it's like they've been taught that um, each word has a definition. What does dark mean? Let me go ahead and pull up my phone because you know all the kids got the phones and the iPhones and whatnot. So dark definition. It is with little or no light. But when they describe dark, it's dangerous, mm-hmm. uneducated, thief, murderer, rapist. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Words have meaning for a reason. Right. And even that little or no light, I got a lot of light and I try to share my light with everybody that know me. So even that is like a who made these words and these definitions up? Who decided that? Right. <laughs> and then changing when they feel like it. Whenever you feel like it works for you, I feel like society has gotten to the point to where a lot of things that we say and do has to fit what we want to do, what I want to say, how I want to be, to make it make sure that whatever is going on, I'm right in that situation. That's just where we are at. Listening to be right and not listening to understand. Oh no, I need to be right. That's that's, that's the the brain. No, no I don't need to be right. I am right. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Like I am right. There's no line, discussion. Like, Why are we even are discussing you this? I'm right. Serious right now. Are you listening to yourself? And oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm white. There you go. Now I'm I'm white. That's it. That's it. And it was. And on that, we were just, it was recently, uh, somebody I thought I knew made a Facebook post about the protest that happened in Youngstown. I guess she was getting off work or whatever have you, and she was driving on 680. And you know, on that day, they had shut down 680 for like 20 minutes or something. Not, right. Not a super long time. Wasn't nothing violent that went on. They did not on. tear down the, the highway. They didn't tear down the highway. They just stood on the highway and impeded traffic for like 20 minutes. Nothing drastic, nothing, whatever. But I guess this lady, like literally you see on the video that I watched, she was in like the first couple cars that they were stopping. She floored it and almost hit somebody. And of course, in her ride past, somebody hit her. They were hitting her car like, lady, you don't see these people standing here? Right. Stop. They didn't stop her. They were going to let her go. Yeah, they were going to let her go because they end up letting like they let people go. It was just like not as fast as you were going. You slowed down. You were hindered, but you weren't stopped. Right. So she put on her Facebook post. They'll be damned to be hindered. Oh, she put on her Facebook post. Yeah, I was just on 680 in the rioters is what she called them. <laughs> the rioters were all over and I floored it. And one of her friends said, run them all down. And she said, yeah, yeah, I was not stopping. And you should have saw him diving out of my way. And they were laughing. Like, literally, you can see the comments and the laugh emojis. And I'm like, wow, they're laughing. This is somebody I thought I knew from from the community. Do I know this person? No. No, you don't. Mm. Unfortunately. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, you don't. <laughs> so I made a post. I commented on a post and, was, and I said... It's amazing how your white privilege allows you to call protesters rioters and also how you and your friends can be on Facebook laughing and talking about running them down. And that's funny to you. 
And if you don't see what the problem is in doing that, maybe you're the problem. And I left it at that, like a, wow. Now, I'm going to, and I'm like, I need to unfriend this person. This is not who I thought it was, whatever. But I had to put that out there because I needed you and your friends who I'm not Facebook friends with to see this is not right. Because you're going to be the example of when when people are like, you're prejudiced. No, because the Madisons love her. Right. That's what she's going to do is use you as an yeah. example. I love the Madisons. I have black friends and I know black people and I'm going, no, yes. wait a minute. So I made that post and I guess it touched a nerve because she responded and it was some vulgarities. She called me slow. She called me a bitch and right, something yeah, else. So y'all was never. And well, you know what? I think I saw these posts. And before I could respond, thank God for my beautiful wife. D. Jacinda Madison. D. Jacinda Christine Madison. Mama on the couch. Mama. Mama on the couch play. <laughs> <laughs> she jumped in and immediately responded to the lady. And it wasn't. With proper grammar, what might we add? Proper grammar, correct spelling yes. of words. Commas, and it, semicolons. And it wasn't ghetto. It wasn't slang. It was English. And it wasn't vulgar. And her last comment was something about like, watch out before someone drops a house on you, you witch. I hollered. I thought it was. (laughs) (laughs) It was like she started with. She know from experience. (laughs) It was like one of them. Wow. I don't even need to respond. I have a wife that will argue with a woman. I don't need to argue with this woman. My wife took care of it. And it was like one of them, because I was going to respond, and it was like, hmm. And, and, she, and my wife was like, whoa, wait a minute. And you can see her finger, her thumbs going. They just, and I'm going, oh, boy. And I just, she took care of it. And, yeah, this person, we're blocked and unfriended, but I'm like, you were unfriended initially. So you didn't do me no favors. You just, right. the favor you did to me was let me know that you're not who I thought you were. But now I have friends who don't know that I know they're inviting them over hang out have some tea sit down on the porch have some lemonade I'm like oh that's your friend these are the type of people you associate with now if it was me associating with people like this they would go aren't you black cool what are you doing right and I'm going hmm guess I'm not privileged enough to be able to do that so period so that's been my experience during this, during this. A lot of people are having those moments where they're realizing where people stand, where they stand. First of all, shout out to Jacinda Madison for giving me my new PG read. You better get out of my face for somebody drop a house on you, which. Listen, it was hilarious. It's, that's my, that's going to be my read <laughs> to old, old white women if they come at me. I don't even got to call you Karen. And yes, no, it's not some water on it. And it's not all white people that are the problem. It's those that think you're not the problem. You think that everything that is happening, there's no problem or you try to justify what's happening. Shut up and listen. Just shut up and listen and learn. And hopefully you walk away a better person because yes, I have some amazing white friends amazing I have some amazing white co-workers that haven't been they've been silent but they've reached out to me going I haven't said nothing publicly because I don't know what to say I don't know where to start 
but I just want you to know you're loved and I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about your community and what you guys are going through. To me, you've done enough. You're silent and you're listening and you're trying to learn. You're not in your amen corners going, look at what they doing. You're like, I don't even know what to say. Somebody show me what it is that I need to do. And then you have them that's going, what can I do to get more involved? Those are the people that I've been dealing with, which is kind of reassuring, kind of comforting to know that we're not just a African-American community fighting this plight. Right. That is, I have had um, a few friends reach out to me and Trey asking us, you know, how we, how are we doing? What can they do? And really want to do something. Um, I don't know what to tell them to do. I say, you know, thank you for checking on us. Be vocal. What I say, you know, I'm an emotional, I'm an emotional responder. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be a representation for my emotional responders. So most of the times I'm like, call the people out and cut them off. The people that you know are like this, call them out and cut them off. And sometimes it's your mama and sometimes it's your daddy. But call them out. Do not be silent. The ones who are silent are just as dangerous and maybe more dangerous than the ones who are proud, prejudiced racist. Ain't that the truth? Because at least you prejudice, you prejudice in my face and I know exactly what you're doing. But what about little Billy over there? A little Bobby over there? I don't know what they're thinking. Karen, what is she thinking? Right. Like, what is she ain't said nothing but something up her sleeve. Listen, this, there was a moment on my Facebook page, and I'll tell y'all off the record after this, but there was a, a white woman on my page, and she posted, this is not the answer, this is not the answer. And a white friend got on, and he was like, you can't tell a black man how he should feel at this moment, Karen. <laughs> And she was like, you can't call me that. And the way you're talking to me now and da, 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 that's racist. And he was like, okay, Karen. And usually on my post, I try to keep the peace. And I did not, I wasn't specific when I was at made my post. I just said white people. I didn't say some white people. I said, I'm not being specific right now. I didn't feel like being specific at the moment. I'm like, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. I don't think at this point we need to be. Like and the people exclusive. who don't think that it's the people like her, I'm like, you are a part of the problem in a sense where you are right now wanting to focus on riots. You're a part of the problem. Keep your opinion to yourself right now. Listen, be a part of the progress, not the regress, Karen. But they read her to filth. And I was like, don't, you're lucky I didn't unfriend you because she's a friend's mother. But I'm like, I ain't got no, I don't have no filter. I don't have no, uh, watch it. Oh, she got it. But, the thing is, too, when everybody go, why are they, why are they burning? Why are they rioting? Why are they tearing stuff up? Because when we asked you nicely, when we said nicely, y'all need to stop. Y'all need to check what y'all doing. Need to go back into these laws that were written eons ago that protected the white man and not the black man. They're not working. We asked you nicely. Can I ask the community the next time? Because there will be a next time. Mm -hmm. The next time you see a police officer wrestle Eric Garner to the ground, shoot Philando Castile in his car for no reason, or kneel on George Floyd's neck, riot, 
at that goddamn moment. Riot, the police officer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to invoke or mm-hmm. persuade violence, but I'm like, let them know now. If you beat the brakes off that police officer, don't you just saved a life. So you just said something that thought of we, we gotta a, sit and watch and then react memory. later. How many times did your mom ask you nicely to do something before you got tapped? You know what I'm saying? Even growing up being a little boy, your mom would tell you, "Don't hit those little girls. Don't no hit no girls." But if that little girl hits you, you better you pop her ass back, and then you come to me and I talk to her mama. And that's it. She, I saw her; she been messing with you all day. Now I'm because my mom would tell me she would be like, "Don't hit no girls. Don't play with them." She would be like, "Stop playing with them. Just stop mm-hmm. playing with them all together because you a True. boy, and if you beat them down, it's a problem." But when she's like, "All right, they need to learn," because clearly they're not learning. You can't keep running away. You can't just become a, be a victim. She was like, "Pop them back," and now when it's a problem, I'm gonna have to go tell talk to mama. Because her daughter's out here acting a fool. Exactly. Your kids out here acting a fool. Your mama's acting a fool. Y'all all acting a fool, and you need to get popped. It's like y'all grew up in a house that didn't season their food or whoop your ass. <laughs> Seasoned food. <laughs> that was hey, shade. Listen, but it's true. We we've, we've said it nicely. We we've, we've done the peaceful. We've done the petition. We've done it all. But it seemed like when we tear something up is when y'all listen. And it's like, why is it on us to tear your stuff up for you to go, oh, wait a minute. They might be right. There needs to be a change. Why can't it be a me come to you and go, "Uh, this ain't working for us. And it let's figure out how to change it. So it works for you and I. No, we definitely need that same change at our homes. Oh, yeah. We need to educate our children so they can be like, they're not teaching y'all us in school? Cool, because I already got my baby. My mm-hmm. ba- I, that's cool. The school going to teach them what they're going to teach them, but I got the rest. I got everything they need to know. I think I was shocked to learn that they have stopped teaching African-American history in schools. You only touch it in February for the 28 days. And let's start subtracting the, the two weekend days that you're not in school. And the days that there's a parent-teacher conference day, and so you're missing that day of school. So you get roughly, like, maybe 20 days of your history. And you get the same people all the time. And it's the same people. You don't learn about nothing different. You don't learn about the you great... You get the previews for the movie. You don't learn about the great African civilizations that you've come from. Like Jacinda said, was that kind of shocked me was when my nephew was like, what is a slave? And I'm going, bruh. But it, and I wasn't mad at him. I think I got mad at our education system because we're failing. Because America looks at slavery as a blemish that if we don't talk about it, we don't bring it up, it didn't happen. And I'm going, but we're living it still. Right. To this day, because we're living it in our wages at our jobs. Because there is definitely a disconnect in the jobs that you do in a wage you get versus as a black person versus a white person. They don't want to see this, but it's there. They it's, just feel like we didn't earn it. They don't want to like, talk about it. So you just it. feel like everywhere, every, everywhere, no, 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 no black people earn this and y'all just have worked 
you just work that much harder mm-hmm. and you just it just ended up like this because this is what we get because it's hereditary this is what you get this is how you're supposed to get it i've i've worked in i've done several jobs and even in the community like corrections i've worked in corrections and i see how it is designed to keep us in as black people and keep white people out that's just it i've even let's break it down into communities you can be in youngstown and commit vandalism let's just take that one and you're going to stay in juvenile for almost three four months before you even go to court but if you're in canfield you're out that next day or even that night and i've witnessed it i've witnessed it working and i'm going wow y'all vandalized canfield fair and y'all, I'm getting phone calls. Release this person. I'm from judges, from the judge. Release this person. Release this person now. And I'm going, they didn't even go to court yet. They, We haven't even processed them. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it tomorrow. But the same kid from Youngstown can vandalize a storefront. And y'all are. Uh, just lock them up. We'll 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 reach out to the parents to have. And I'm going. What's the difference? And I'm going. Oh, you're black. You're from Youngstown. With all your time working there, did you feel like you made any change or difference? As far as the kids go, yes. As far as trying to educate parents to be more involved with their kids, to be actively involved with their kids to be an advocate for their kids not just let the system tell you what they're going to do fight against it because there's always a better way what do you like that that's hard to get like those parents to try to understand that because they are were their children Mm -hmm. you know they didn't have what you're asking them to give to their kids so it's almost like they don't know how but with with george floyd his rap sheet, it was, it was kind of like, oh wow, you know, some of these things he did were bad. And thing when when you find out about the things people did in the dark, it does change your perception on them. Mm-hmm. So with the case with him being in prison for the robbery he committed, it definitely changes people's views. But what people still fail to realize is, allegedly, what's supposed to happen in this country is you're supposed to receive your day in court, even if you're punishable, even if it's punishable by death. You still received that day in court. He should have, regardless of the crime, he should have received his day in court. Unless he was using the force to where they had to defend with the same force. That's true. But also, too, you got to look at these, these laws are designed. And cops, unfortunately, law enforcement officers, will bump up your charges to make it way worse than what it needs to be. Is that why you got out? It, it was part of it. Like, it was time to go. The direction that it was taking was like, I can't be a part of this system. I'm trying to change it. But it got to the point to where the people that were trying to change it, they start, you became a target as to, we need to get rid of you. How much of re- rehabilitating did they do for the kids in there? 
absolutely none. There is none. There's, they have programming that you show up to, or you're supposed to show up to. They have these programs that they put you in. As long as you show up, you don't learn nothing. You, um, I'm going off of, I never forget when we bought a Wii system and we had PlayStation 2, 3, 4, Xbox One. We got, we on the phone with Spectrum to boost the cable six signal up so that they can connect to the internet to play these video games and I'm going so we're giving them video games to play but we're not teaching them life skills we're not giving them valuable skills that they can learn and use and know so it's like huh and when you speak on that like why are we doing this it's what the judge wants so Ain't nobody telling her this isn't going to work, but you got to tell her that you got to tell that educated person who got to that position. Oh, you, you have to, because, but she rules with an iron fist. It's her way or you're gone. If you don't agree with her, you're gone. You power. You, it, and that's what it, it's power. How, how many black people been in her position? There's never been a black juvenile judge. She was there the whole time you were there. Yes. There's never been. And she, doesn't no one runs for juvenile court so she she's an elected official but she always wins because if you're up for a job that you got to be elected for and you're the only one on the ballot you won yeah you know how many times i've i've voted and i'm like oh bro oh sis just by themselves like it's, nobody it's even just, decided to it's just you so oh you're my only pick and um, there are i know that i know that i know there are some qualified african american judges but a lot of times they don't even know this is going on because you don't have people that will speak out against the justice system. But we need to. And there are a lot of parents, not that I've, in my years of being there, that I realized, hmm, you need to be in front of a mic. Your voice, your story needs to be told. This needs, but no one they don't even they don't know how to get it told so you're you're doing all you can to try to help them and at the same time you're doing it trying to make sure you keep your job because it has to be unfortunately covert and you still need to be able to I need take to care be, of your family i gotta pay my bills but i'm gonna do what i can to help you but that limits you it so limits it's it's such a limit to what we can and what we couldn't do and and then it got to the point to where you know what this is not for me and i don't care no more i don't care because y'all can say what you want to say but i know the job that i've done these kids know the job that i've come here and do and i treat these kids like they're my own and the proof is when I see these kids in the street and they still respect me as if I'm still working there. And when I tell them, oh, I don't work there no more. And they, they're shocked, like, why you quit? And I'm like, it was my time to go. It was time to not go because I couldn't do the job. It was time to go because I'm only one voice. And my voice is being squelched every step and I'm fighting and I'm stressed and it's starting to affect my health 
and it's starting to affect my family and I'm going, I can't keep doing this to them or to me. So as like I always say, showing up to the job with a can of gas and a match, I'm going to just bow out because there's been times I'm going to can of gas and a match to answer a whole bunch of questions right now. But I'm going, you know what? It's time to go. It's just time for me to go. And it was my time was when a white woman called me a racist. And the director. All right, that was been the third degree, y'all. We ain't going. Sorry. <laughs> I ain't even getting into that one. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, white woman. And it's short. White woman called me a racist and met with her what? and the director oh. and the assistant director. And she said it again. You had I to meet. A meeting. I'm in a meeting. They called a meeting because she didn't tell me. She went behind my back and told them that I was racist. So they scheduled a meeting for me, her, and some other white guy. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, what is this about? And he goes, well, as a supervisor, you have to correct staff when they do wrong. And I'll go, a lot. I do it a lot. But I try to do it to where it's just me and that staff one-on-one and nobody's business. Like what the correction was. Don't want to put you out like you don't know what you're doing. Moving on. And he go, yeah, but I guess this one night he shared with her what was said. Excuse me, what was said. And she told him there may have been some racial undertones to what I was saying. I was like, there wasn't no racial undertones. What I said was, instead of correcting something and then letting me know you thought it was going to be great to get somebody in trouble so you didn't even correct it you came let me know look what this person did correct it somebody's going to be hurt and then we'll deal with it that's all I said and she's and the white guy said you know I don't want to be involved I don't have nothing to do with it I'm going oh but you brought it up you're involved you let her tell you what to do and so you're involved and so the white woman goes you know I love you but stop anytime you gotta say but to something like that stop you don't and I was told to just keep doing the job and watch what I say around her that was it there was no repercussions there was no reprimands there was nothing and it was like found out to be 100% the director and them go, we know you're not racist. We know you're not against white people. We know you don't have, you don't prefer black. We know that. We see, we like you, whatever. And I'm going, you like me, but I'm still forced to work with this woman. Right. Did they, did you have the same energy to this woman about this woman? Did you laugh at her face when she brought this nonsense to you? No, they scheduled a meeting, had me sitting there like, and I'm going, yeah, it's time to go. I mean, I guess if people make a formal complaint but if I was them I'd be like look at this shit <laughs> like would you look at this and I'm going to make a complaint but if it's unfounded do something to that person that's making these false accusations please right like false rape allegations and exactly like Karen and the black man in the park watching birds really yes uh, my life is being destroyed honey you lucky that's all and you lucky ain't nobody put the pause to you. The funny part about it is I quit and she has my position now, which is hilarious to me. I'm going, wow, 
I quit and y'all made her a supervisor. Let's me know what y'all really thought of me and the backing that I had there. And it's funny because they go, would you ever go back? Absolutely not. They can't. Well, they can't offer me a lot, but it's a lot of money for me to go back. And a lot of things would have to change, but no. Right, because overall, like your purpose is the kids. And and it, and that was it. And it wasn't, I was never there for none of you guys. I was there because there was, there is a definite disconnect in the black kids that you keep versus the white kids that you keep. A definite disconnect and a disservice to our community. Something needs to be done about that. Period. So speaking of kids and black kids, you have a black kid. Mm -hmm. Your black kid is in the army. Oh boy. Yes. And when, you know, when your boy left, I tell you, I don't feel cool. You may be, I saw so much love in you letting him go off into the world. I was proud because he made the decision on his own and wasn't pushed like a you need to do something with your life he was dead this is what I want to do and I'm like are you serious and I'm going son you know I was in the service let me and so we sat and we talked about my experiences and I was like it was fun it was but considering who the commander in chief is right now Right, because my president is Obama, but the commander in chief. (laughs) There you go. Not, I didn't want to call him president because he's not my president. But I'm going, and he was like, "Yeah, I want to go. I want to do this. This is what I want to do." And I'm like, you know, as a as a dad, it's like you're proud. You you hold your chest up. You stick Uh it out. You know, (laughs) my boy did. My boy did that. He about to go and become a real life superhero. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what it is. That's what you go train and you're, you know, you, you running, we running from it. You run into it is what it is. And it was like, boy. And then with everything that started to go on, me and Jacinda talked and I was like, "Hmm, he'd be done right now. He could have been called up to go and be the, person you go and secure this city and that when he called national guard and now you're fighting against your own citizens who you're wow. sworn to protect wow you're, you're you become that threat to them or you could be on the front line because he wants to be and talking to him and i've recently talked to him he would love to be on the front lines of the black lives matters movement because he understands he understands who he is and where he come from and what it means to be a black man in America. He totally understands it. And it's like, okay. But due, due to injury and all of that, his training was halted. But now it's moving forward. And it's like, are you still there? I know you want to be home, but you need to be there because I don't want you doing something you don't want to do, but you're forced to do because now you're following orders. Right. I hope he realizes that he has exceeded his expectations and what was expected of him. Oh, yeah. Even to make it out of what they call the ghetto, the hood, as a teenager and not be a statistic says a lot about him. And you know his background. and Right. So that says a lot like a you are the author of your story. Don't let 
the government and your situation writes your story you write your own story and that's what he's doing now and i'm like yay way to go son hurry up and come home (laughs) (laughs) right so but yeah i'm super proud of him i'm just hope i'm super proud of him i'm just hoping that he doesn't get put into a situation that he doesn't want to be in because of who's running things right now and he won't have a choice but to right exactly and so i'm praying that that doesn't happen and i know they say the prayers of the righteous availeth much and i like to think myself as a righteous person so listen if y'all haven't seen queen and slim go see queen and slim Definitely, it's a good movie. Hate the way it ended, but it's a good movie. Oh, I was devastated. I couldn't believe it. The whole time I thought they were going to get away. And if you got Netflix, they definitely got Black Lives Matter, a whole section on black movies. So go watch that. Right. Small plug to Netflix, y'all old. Right. The y'all scene with the little black boy and the black officer is what really, like... Yes. I'm like, because he wasn't the little boy didn't see the officer as black he just saw him as an officer which is also that's the fight it's the authority it's the police it's not just black people so when white people if they start doing the same thing to y'all and not that they're not now but when they start putting it in the media exactly and putting it on your minds and trying to scare you and using all these tactics to divide and conquer y'all because it's it'll be you and also i want you guys to look at your suburban communities police officers website because they all have them and look at the crime reported in the suburbs versus the crime reported in the inner city and you'll see ours is always going to be on the news that's just it we're inner city but look at the suburb crime and you tell me where the crime really is at and how it's hidden and kept quiet listen I know this is shade I, I shouldn't say it I ain't gonna say it. <laughs> I gotta be responsible. <laughs> Y'all know how many Canfield kids take guns to school and it's not reported? That little boy from Borman, if they talk about mass shooters, our little boys don't do that. Mm-mm. They don't want to shoot up everybody for no reason. But I bet if a kid take a take a little pocket knife to a Youngstown City school, it's over. it might be national news. But when a white kid take a gun to Canfield school, and have drugs in his locker and car. Bet y'all didn't hear that in your news reports. And you already know those schools with all those kids with all that money. Listen. We can pay for it to keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. Well, you know what? On that note, we're about to keep it quiet. And y'all have a good night. <laughs> but now, um, we need to wrap this up. Yes. Is there anything else that you would like to tell to the people of Youngstown in the world? Listen, please listen, subscribe like all thank you i never say that i need to start episodes with that listen go back to all the old ones and listen they're really good podcasts and some really good content you should listen definitely listen it's people just like you is what it really is especially in youngstown these people you know these people just listen for a second you know form a full opinion off of you know off of actual information and not just two things exactly and that's it and you know Maybe next time he won't have to keep telling me talk into the mic. Right. <laughs> because there will be a next time. But ladies and gentlemen, this is me, James Major Burns, and this is the third degree with James Major Burns. Bye-bye.